0: Welcome into the Grace Point Daily Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Johnson. Thank you for joining us. This is going to be a verse-by-verse edition with Rick Maynard. This is episode number 75. So thank you again for all of you that listen. Like, share, subscribe, tell a friend about it. We hope that you enjoy the Grace Point Daily Podcast. We exist to bring you daily encouragement for your daily walk with Christ. So Rick, welcome back.
1: Thank you. It's good to be back again.
0: You get to celebrate episode number 75 with us.
1: Yeah, this one's going to be great. This <laughs> is great. I know last night you said it was going to be great. Amen. So this is great.
0: And we're not going to have a huge celebration. We're going to wait till the 100th episode to have a huge celebration. So we're not going to get too crazy quite yet. Gonna wait till number one hundred.
1: Well I'm thinking maybe, you know, if you can pay me seventy five dollars for the seventy-fifth episode, it <laughs> would be good. Praise so, God. I'll take that.
0: All right. Well let's dive in. We're in Second Kings. Where are we at here today, Rick? Second King or First Kings. First Kings, I'm sorry. Chapter First Kings. two, verse
1: eleven. And uh, last week we mentioned that David died. That was the last thing that it said in that verse last week, and how there was no funeral, there was nothing uh, great written, no great tombstone, nothing like that that it talks about anyway. Uh, maybe they did have a big celebration, but we don't have a record of that. Uh, but verse 11 says he it's had... kind of re- like a 75th, uh, Grace Point Daily 75th right. a- uh, celebration, not yep. very big. Just another day, just <laughs> another day. Uh, verse 11, he had reigned 40 years over Israel, 7 years in Hebron, and 33 in Jerusalem. So that's kind of the end of uh, David's story. You know, it's pretty or, yeah, it's pretty amazing how all that he's done and how important he was and all the stories we've heard uh, about David, you would just think that there would be all this celebration and mourning and uh, all of these things, you know, at his death, but there was just nothing. He just died, buried with his fathers, and now he had reigned 40 years, end of story. And verse 12 goes right to Solomon. Then, Do we know how old he was when he died? Seventy. Seventy, okay. Yep. Not, not old according to our right. standards, but according to those standards or those times, 70 was a long life, you know, in that time frame. So, uh, so anyway, Solomon, it says, uh, verse 12, So Solomon sat on the throne of his father David, and his rule was firmly established. So we know, I mean, they had set all this up ahead of time. It's not like just David dies one day and... Solomon comes running in and gets up on the throne, and now he's the king. We've been reading about uh, the process of uh, Adonijah wanting to be king, and he's not going to be king, Solomon's king. So. so they finally have him there. It says uh, he was firmly established. His, in other words, his kingdom was firmly established, and that means uh, he earned the kingdom. It wasn't just uh, inherited. In other words, he didn't get it just because he was a son of David. And, uh, you know, it's funny I, uh, how things work sometimes, what what things you read or see or happen in your life that run so close to what you're talking about in the Word or whatever. But uh, we were just talking, there's several ministers whose uh, sons are associate pastors, youth pastors, worship leaders, things like that. And, and I'm not going to criticize that. I'm not in that position. I don't know how that works. But <laughs> I just... Uh, from what I have seen, I've seen the dangers in that of, you know, even if the, the pastor says, okay, you know, the board is totally in charge. You know, if my son screws up, then, you know, he comes before the board just like any other staff member would come before the board. But do you realize how difficult that would be for a board? Yeah. You know, to, to say, <laughs> you know, man, I, he says that, but it's got to be hard if it's his yeah. son. You know, and I I thought about that. Well, you're not dealing with that, but you know, you could be someday. Yes. I mean, yep. if you stay here, if you're here 20 years from now, and we believe you will be, but yep. if you're here Praise 20 God. years from now, uh, your sons are are they four? Yeah. Yeah. So 24 years old, yeah. they could have graduated from college, and you could be looking to hire them as a a staff. Yeah. Here. And yep. uh, so, and I and I, which well,
0: here's my take on that. I here's where I'm at in life right now. I used to be severely anti having your kids as staff. Uh I used to totally hold to that view. Like that's so dumb. Oh, you know, that's your opposer. If you work for your dad. Right. Uh, and then when I was in South Carolina, there was a guest speaker from Arkansas, Alabama, something like that. doesn't really matter, but he was so powerful and he had a crazy story. And I don't have time to tell that story, but I had a chance to have lunch with them and, and just get to know him a little bit better. And he, uh, pastored a very large church. And then now his son-in-law and daughter pastor the church. Mm-hmm. And he went on and on about how beautiful it was and how healthy it was and how the church is like thriving and doing better. And he was like, I, I recommend it. I encourage it. All right. All right. So I w- I, I'm i like, I'm confused now in uh, my, my theology, you know, my, my philosophy. And so I walked away from that, just saying, well, you know, I, I know we have bad cases, of right. it, And we see that in leadership. I mean, not uh, mm-hmm. of kingship uh, in ministry. I mean, we just got done reading. I've been preaching a little bit about in church about Samuel mm-hmm. uh, and Eli, uh, his sons, right. Hophni and Phinehas and uh, good dad, bad kids right. uh, in the ministry or whatever. So I don't know where I stand today, at, but at, that really rocked me uh, because I was like, well... Wait, I thought it was bad. Yeah, uh, but he just and was as tremendous man of God was like, no, I think this is amazing, and if it's done right and done healthy, it can be a very, very beautiful thing. So, yeah. well, I saw. Just, we'll see what happens twenty years from now. Right, right. Well, <laughs> there was a
1: uh, there's a minister just recently that's that's uh, gone down mega church television ministry, and uh, I don't know all the details, but his sons were on staff, and they took the bullet too. I mean, you know, when he went down, they went down. Because, uh, you know, the the problem is uh, that I can see is if people get upset with that, with the son, well, the only reason he's in here is because his dad's a pastor. Yeah. You know, it just gives them more fuel for the fire. So I don't know. I'm not going to say this morning that it's a wrong thing or a right thing. I I just can see (laughs) that there's there's problems. You know. I would say the
0: issue to me becomes an ownership issue of like. And I try, I literally, I think I said this last night, which I try not to say ever is like, this is my church, you know, like the issue becomes when you think that ministry is somehow yours, uh, where, when it's not like, so it's, this will never, this isn't my church. It never will be my church. And I have to continue to maintain that perspective. I think some of those examples, it's kind of like, well, this is my dad's church. You know, if it wasn't for my dad this ministry wouldn't be what it is today, right. blah, blah, blah. And then there's probably some, a little bit of truth to that, I mean, right. in those scenarios with guys who helped build that ministry or that church, but it's still, at the end of the day, not
1: yours, you know? Right. Uh, and anyway, right. Okay. We, dig- we digress. Yeah, you know? we'll move on from there. <laughs> but uh, but anyway, it mean- it meant that he earned the kingdom. It wasn't just inherited for him. He didn't get it just because he was a son. So, uh, verse 13 says, Now Adonijah, the son of Haggath, went to Bathsheba, Solomon's mother. Bathsheba asked him, Do you come peacefully? And he answered, Yes, peacefully. Now, that's quite a thing for, um, you know, going to Solomon's mother uh, and asking those kind of questions and her being so suspicious. But, you know, Adonijah had a bad reputation. I mean, she was suspicious when he came and wanted something. It's like, okay, but. You know, let me see what it is. And um, this is probably just within a few days after David dies. Um, it's like showing up for the family reunion. You know, you haven't been around, you haven't been close, but all of a sudden there's a family reunion and somebody shows up that you haven't seen for years and that has a bad reputation and has been involved in drugs and all those kind of things. Everybody's suspicious, Yeah. you know, when they show up. So, um, you know, like we don't want any trouble here. Kind of attitude, but verse fourteen. Then he added, "I have something to say to you." And she says, "You may say it." Uh, I I laughed about that as I read that. I, you, we were talking about it here a while back when someone comes in and says, "I have some concerns." Yeah, <laughs> you know that's uh, that's him coming here. I have some concerns, and he just can't let it go. And we'll see uh, what he's talking about here. But verse fifteen, as you know, he said, "The kingdom was mine." All Israel looked to me as their king, but things changed, and the kingdom has gone to my brother, for it has come to him from the Lord. So he's kind of talking out of both sides, here. You know, as you know, in other words, everyone wanted me, and we say those kind of things. You know, everyone's against me, or everyone wants, and it's like, who is everyone? You know, <laughs> we throw those things, at, or they say, you know, they say you should do it like this. Yeah. Well, who says? Mm-hmm. You know, who's they and who's everyone? But that's what he's saying here: all Israel looked to me as their king. You know, well, if, evidently not, because yeah. there was plenty of people following David and Solomon. So uh, he's, but he then he goes around, turns right around, and says, uh, people wanted me. In other words, but then it says Solomon got it from the Lord. So he, he's making a very true statement. People may have wanted me. But God said, Solomon's going to be the guy. So he's kind of bouncing off of both sides, if you would, there. But And as you know, uh, you can't, in other words, you can't argue that they all wanted me. I mean, it's, as you know, he said, I'm not telling you anything new. You should know all this stuff that I'm bringing to you now. So verse 16, now I have one request to make of you. Do not refuse me. You may make it, she replied. It almost seems it's kind of an odd conversation, really. It's it's almost like he's come before the king, not before yeah. Bathsheba. But uh, he goes on to say, and this is uh, verse 17 and 18 together. So he continued, Please ask King Solomon, he will not refuse you to give me Abishag the Shunammite as my wife. Very well, Bathsheba replied, I will speak to the king for you. So uh, there's some debate over how right this was, and I, I just have a lot of questions written down here. But, but Leviticus eighteen eight, when it goes to the laws of some of these things, it says, uh, "Do not have sexual relations with your father's wife, that he would that that would dishonor your father." So we don't know the questions then here that come up. Did Adonijah know the law? Did Bathsheba know the law? In other words were they innocently having this conversation or did they know up front? And then the other question was she David's wife? If you remember Abishag was the, the beautiful girl that was brought in to keep David warm okay so yep. there's a debate about whether she was a wife, whether she was a concubine, whether she was just somebody that became a servant of David um, you know and then the, the one of the other questions did the law count? If David's dead. In other words, when the law says do not have sexual Um, relations with your father's wife, that would dishonor your father. Well, does that still count if the father's gone would Mm -hmm. be the question. So uh, was it honorable to want to take care of her? In other words, is he coming in there saying, you know, well, I really am concerned about her. I really want to, to take her in. And if you think about, you know, just the little uh ifs and ands about this this part of this story, after all, the marriage wasn't consummated. In other words, it said that David never slept with her, they never had sexual relations, so <clears throat> even if it was even if he was a wife or considered a wife, you could say, well, that marriage wasn't consummated, so it never was truly a marriage. Mm-hmm. And so um, it the word says David knew her not. They, they didn't have any relations. She became the property of Solomon. So as a servant of David's, she would become Solomon's property. That's why uh, he automatically has her. You know, we don't have any record that Solomon went in and said, I want Abishag to be my wife or my concubine or anything like that. Uh, it, it was an automatic thing. So she was uh, directly... Well, she belonged to Solomon. That's why he had to come and ask, hmm. and he was afraid to go to Solomon. I mean, they didn't have a good relationship, so he goes through Bathsheba, and uh, it's almost that that uh, scenario. Of, Do you think she likes me? You know, <laughs> and uh, I, I I've told this story. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but when uh, when I first saw Stella at the class reunion, you know, I mean, I'm. 62 now 60 years old when uh, when I basically met her we'd been at class reunions together but had never spoken we never spoke in high school so uh, I really didn't know her other than just seeing her there Uh, obviously there was that uh, physical attraction but I didn't know her and so uh, and I'm not talking about the biblical sense here (laughs) (laughs) but anyway let's move on from that but but anyway, I, I didn't want to put her in an awkward awkward position. I didn't want to put myself in an awkward position. It's like, I know she's not married, but is she seeing someone? Or So I don't want to call her up and ask her for a date. And then she's like, well, no, I've been going with this guy for <laughs> two years. Or So I called her cousin. And I said, you know, it wasn't that thing of, do you think she likes me? It was just, what can you tell me about her situation? Is she seeing anyone uh, those kind of things. So uh, it's kind of that same scenario here, you know, you coming in, well, will you ask for me? Cause I'm afraid <laughs> to ask. And yeah, and it's amazing. Cause that's all right,
0: Rick, just, uh, just admit yeah. it. Let's flush it out yeah. right here on the I'm, podcast. <laughs> I'm just a, I'm, I'm scared
1: of you, Stella. I don't No, I'm not scared of Stella, but anyway, I, Twitter well,
0: patient does but, crazy things to a man, <laughs> you know?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I got that and I've saved that, uh, I've saved those texts between me and her cousin. It's still on my phone from two years ago because I find it a little bit humorous the way it all worked. And it did all work out. It worked out really well. Praise so, God. Uh, verse 19. When Bathsheba went to King Solomon to speak to him for Adonijah, the king stood up to meet her, bowed down to her, and sat down on his throne. He had a throne brought for the king's mother, and she sat down at his right hand. Uh, the king... The king at the time, and we've talked about that, we can't relate to it today, but he's the most honored man in the nation, but uh, he still bows to his mother. He still knows about honor, and uh, regardless of being the king, he doesn't make light of that and say, well, I'm the king, I don't have to bow down to my mother anymore, I don't have to respect her anymore, because I'm in charge mm-hmm. now. He still has that respect. Um The throne is called the throne of the mother of the king. So it was an actual thing that they did, but it wasn't for David's mother because David's mother has uh, already passed. Uh, But they said that in David's time, after his mother passed, it was called, uh, it was for Ruth, in other words, the mother of the royal house is what she was called. And so Ruth sat on the, the throne of the mother or the mother's throne i guess at, at one point too but uh but anyway verse 20 and 21 i have one small request to make of you she said do not refuse me so she's kind of saying a little bit of the same thing that adonijah said when he came to her the king replied make it my mother i will not refuse you so she said let abishag the shunammite be given in marriage to your brother adonijah in other words it's just a small favor um you know let me ask for this uh, and he says i'll grant it to you before he even knows what it is uh, she asks for it to be granted before she even tells what it is so it's a little bit of a making a promise but we don't have like i swear on earth or, or on oath that i'll do this thing for you it's not that situation but she's like oh it's just a just a small favor that i have to ask and not going to be any big deal and maybe she really didn't think it was a big deal but um i and i just i asked the question how many times do we pray that way lord this is just a small request (laughs) you know as as if something would be too big for god you know this is a small one Uh, i'm not asking for big healing i'm just asking for my sore finger to feel better you know it's just a small request and uh what may seem small to us could have great consequences. So when she came, maybe she did think this was not a big deal. She didn't realize just how big a deal this was until until Solomon got so angry about it and began to really explain to her um, what this, what the consequences would be for this. And I think all of our requests, you know, when we come before the Lord, big, big or small, always has to be followed up, your will be done. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't just come in and say, this is what I want, and I feel like this is what God wants, and all those. It's always your will be done. Yeah, Because if we don't, we put ourselves above God. Lord, I want this thing, and I believe for this thing, even though you didn't say it or whatever. I'm just going to believe for it, and so I'll have it. But King Solomon, in 22, answered his mother, Why do you request Abishag the Shunammite? For Adonijah, you might as well request the kingdom for him. After all, he is my older brother. Yes, for him and for Abiathar the priest and Joab, son of Zariah. He probably wanted to be, you know, kind to his mother. I mean, he bowed before her and was showing her the the proper respect. But you know what? You and I both have probably at some point said something to our parents that we kind of had to lay it down like it was, you know, because there were our parents, doesn't, they're not always right. <laughs> now I believe in showing honor, but as an adult, I had some words with my mother and I had some words with my dad over some, some disagreements about things <laughs> and, yeah and maybe things that they had said that it's like, that's not the way that happened. Yeah. You know, that they were misinformed and I had to, Lay the law down. <laughs> I hate to say lay the law down for my parents, but right. I did have to do that, and we may have to do that. They're they're not. Don't listen out there, you teenage children. Yeah. But parents are not always right. We do make <laughs> mistakes. So, uh, but she's, I don't. As a mother, she probably doesn't see, you know, all of these. Uh, as a great woman, and I don't mean to put women down and say they're not as wise as men or they don't see. But sometimes we don't see our own children and our own family, especially mothers. We want to think the best of our kids. It's kind of like I can talk about my kids, but you better not say nothing about them. Yeah. You know, so, um, so she may be ignorant of, uh, of the whole plan. I don't know what's going on, but you know why? I mean, why did he want her? And, I think it may be very simple. It said she was one of the most beautiful women. You know, when they got her for David, it says she was a beautiful... They went out and searched yeah, found the for yep. this beautiful woman. And so it may be, you know, just an attraction. But I think knowing Adonijah, we could say it's something as simple as an attraction physically or whatever to her, but... He has ulterior motives.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, thinking about how we went through that whole process of how conniving he was and how he had to... I mean, he was very smart, Mm -hmm. uh, intelligent, was a good plotter uh, of evil, not good, but probably somewhere in the mix of this whole thing was, man, I I could really plan this out, and this could be one, at least one way of sticking it to my brother.
1: Yep, one step back towards... You know, he just said, I should have been king, and everybody wanted me to be king. You know, so he's still crying about it. But um, she didn't, uh, Abishag did not return to her home. In other words, she's still around. I mean, she belonged to David. Now she really belongs to to Solomon. Uh, The servants went with the new king. Uh, She may have been considered a concubine. And the thing is, you're, you're looking at some of these things, too. What's the appearance of the public? about these things, you know, I doubt that they went out and advertised that David didn't have sexual relationship with Abishag. You know, they probably look at her as if she was a wife or a concubine. They don't know, you know, all the personal things that have gone on there. So, um, And the possessions weren't to be used by anyone other than the king. So he was, she was supposed to go to Solomon and to no one else. I mean, that is the law of the the land. Hmm. None but the king can marry a king's widow. So if she's a king, the only, or let me back up, if David's the king and she belongs to him, now she belongs to Solomon, he can't, Solomon's the only one that has the right to remarry her because he's the new king. Yeah. So, wow. uh under law he was not even asking for the right thing whether he knows it or not and i believe he does i th- i think yes <laughs> it's like you said this is all a plot of adonijah and we know that solomon just because of the things we know in general solomon was known for his wisdom and so he sees it coming and i you know i think it's one of the most important things to pray for that we neglect sometimes is is asking god for wisdom and you know when I pray for you as the pastor, that's one of the primary things I pray for is for you to have wisdom. Hmm. Because there are things that that will come up and you know, I can pray, "Oh Lord, help him to decide this and Lord, help him with this and help him." But if you just have wisdom and and I'm talking about God-given wisdom. You know, we all can say, "Well, I'm a pretty wise person. Yeah. You know, I can uh, you know, maybe if I'm wise in finances, maybe I can give good advice to somebody." I can be wise without calling it necessarily godly wisdom. I can right. be wise by experience. Yep. But Solomon was wise by God-given wisdom. And it says if we lack wisdom, to ask. Yeah. And so, you know, I pray for that because with wisdom, it'll keep us out of all kinds of problems. It'll let us make the right decision. doesn't mean everybody's still going to be happy with the decision. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're asking for because people are human. Yeah. So. You know, you can have all the wisdom in the world and still be offensive to someone. So, um, but in Solomon's, if something happened to Solomon, Adonijah would have an easy path to the kingdom. So he would have Abishag already, you know, as part of that. We were talking about his big plan. And and then he says, if you're asking for Abishag, you may as well be asking for Abathar to be priest and for Joab to be general of the army. So it wasn't just about Abishag. He's saying, you know, if I'm going to give you Abishag, you're asking for way more than just Abishag because he knows what uh, Adonijah's plan is. His plan is not just Abishag. His plan is to start back over and have Abathar the priest and Joab to be the, the general of the army. So all of this was immediately after after all these names I start getting tongue twisted here but uh, all of this happened immediately after Adonijah had been warned Solomon said to him if he shows himself to be a worthy man not a hair on his head will will fall to the ground but if evil is found in him he will die so he's just been warned Uh, we don't know how many days prior to this but you know I won't kill you. In other words, if you just straighten up, if you do what you're supposed to do, then I'm gonna let you live because we know Adonijah came, grabbed the horns of the altar, begging Solomon yeah. to not kill him. But Solomon's response to that was not, okay, I won't kill you. His response was if you do what's right, you know, then I can basically I can let this slide, in other words. So uh, verse twenty-three and twenty-four. Uh, then King Solomon swore by the Lord, May God deal with me, be it ever so severely, if Adonijah does not pay with his life for this request. And now, as surely as the Lord lives, he who has established me securely on the throne of my father David and has found a di- founded a dynasty for me, as he promised, Adonijah shall be put to death today. today. He's swearing on oath. Uh, Be careful, I swore to God I'm going to do, or be careful of saying, I swore to God I'm going to do such and so. Hmm. I swear to God I'm going to get this part. I swear to God I'll never do that again. (laughs) I swear to God I'll never lie again. Uh, We have to be careful about these. They're easy words to say that sound very impressive. I swear I'll never cheat on my wife again. And then these guys, you know, I swear I'll never hit you again. You know, if Kelly were sitting here, he could tell us about how many um, domestic disturbances he'd been on where the husband's crying, the blue I'll never do that yeah, again. Right, I'll right. never right. hit you and she's like, Okay, I'll give you another chance, you mm-hmm. know. And then they're back out there to the same scene once again. So yeah. um I know I'll try to wind this up. We're probably getting close here. I'm so. gonna
0: uh, this where I'll actually dive in, yeah. which is uh I think so critical to the life of a believer. And I'm going to say this in context of the church, the local church, one of the most dangerous things that you could ever entertain in your spiritual walk is the spirit of rebellion into your life. And this is Adonijah. He has a spirit Mm -hmm. of rebellion in him. And when you welcome that into your life, it is very difficult to get rid of it. Right. Uh, it it very it, uh, and it, it it's very hard to get rid of, and its end result is potential spiritual and and I would even argue in two thousand nineteen physical death. I mean, right. the spirit of rebellion will destroy your life. I mean, he let this rebellious spirit grab hold of his life, and he couldn't he couldn't get rid of it. I mean, right. even even you know it was first get the kingdom and then. You know, that whole plan, the whole plot, the whole scenario. Then he, then it obviously went to Solomon, and still he couldn't let that, that spirit of rebellion was still there, was just as strong, and it instantly reverted to a different scenario and to a different situation. And I have seen this, you know, in the life of the church amongst the followers of God, the followers of Jesus, that people entertain rebellious thinking rebellious mindsets, re- re- rebellious tactics into their life and when those entrench themselves in your spiritual life, they are very very difficult to get rid of right uh, and that spirit like latches on to you and and so I just encourage you if you feel like you're rebellious against leaders, spiritual leaders, just try to deal with that and and get right with God because that thing will literally distor- destroy you. I can't remember how one time a pastor said he was out of Chicago, but he was, in. this was, a, take keep in mind, this was a pastor's meeting. So, you know, what we do in pastor's meetings, we just complain about how horrible lay people are, <laughs> right. and we're right, and you're all wrong. You know, I'm just right, um right. We do do that sometimes, I confession. But really, he was saying, he brought up a good point, is that when, <laughs> he said, when somebody takes a bite of the pastor's flesh, they basically become cannibalistic and they can never get rid of that spirit. It's like the moment they take a bite out, take a bite of that spirit of rebellion, it just takes hold of them. And they forever become that. I mean, it's dangerous when you entertain rebellion against God, against God's people, against God's principles, against God's... Because he wasn't just, again, as you just read, he was not just violating... Um, Solomon. He was violating the standards of God's word. He was, he was violating uh, respect and correct behavior. He was, he was violating, violating multiple people and God all at the same time.
1: Right. Well, it says, the word says uh, the the rebellion is as the spirit of witchcraft. Yeah. And you know, if you would ask people, have you ever participated in witchcraft? Oh, I, I would never, I would never do that. You know, I would never, mm-hmm. you know, dabble in in witchcraft. I would never touch a Ouija board or or have somebody read my palm. Or you know, they talk of oh, that's just horrible. I would never. But they'll have a rebellious spirit. Yeah. And the and the word says they line up with each other. So if you're a rebellious person, it's as if yeah. You might as well just go to the palm reader because you're doing the same thing. Yep. You know. So anyway, we we're, we're probably. Time to wind this up, so uh, we'll just stop there for today.
0: Well, keep getting into the word. I hope that you're in the word each and every day. And I hope that this verse by verse is an encouragement and a tool for you to continue to connect in God's word. Some of you have different plans, whatever it might be. I know every year that I take, I go through my yearly Bible, go through the word of God, do something like that. There's a lot of other plans, but we hope you enjoyed this verse by verse edition. Thank you very much. Again, connect with us, RacePoint Point Daily Podcast. We appreciate it so much. We will talk to you next time.